Heavenly Father, I'm overwhelmed just by your presence here this morning, just to sense your spirit uh, through all the different parts of our worship service. And, and while we feel a blessing, God, this is all for you, and we hope that your heart is blessed too. And so as we open your word, Heavenly Father, may you speak to us, may you encourage us, may you challenge us and move us and uh, shape us into your image more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Just about a month ago, in October, the uh, Red Bull did their 22nd annual Rampage event out in Utah. Now, if you're a mountain biker, you know exactly what this is. If you haven't seen it before, it's pretty unbelievable. These insane, I'll just put it out there, mountain bikers from all over the world travel to Utah for this Rampage event, all seeking the title. Now, if you've seen any of these clips on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, uh, it'll make your anxiety rise very quickly. In fact, this is the stuff nightmares is made out of. Would you like to have your anxiety rise this morning? I thought you would, so I brought a video. This is, uh, this is Brendan Fairclaw. He's one of the writers. Yo! That's only a minute of it. We could go on. Are you sweating? My goodness, what's wrong with these people? That they must not have any fear at all in their body, like anxiety, they don't have it, no stress. I mean, you can hear him celebrate after he doesn't die after each jump, but this is stuff that nightmares is made out of. With the pandemic of anxiety in our world, Everyone knows what it feels like to be panicked. Uh, if it weren't too personal, and it is too personal, I would ask that if you take or you know someone that takes any one of these drugs, to raise your hand, don't do it, Prozac, Zoloft, Lexapro, Xanax, Ativan, any antidepressant, anti-anxiety uh, anti meds, I mean, I bet every one of us knows someone if you don't take it yourselves. You know, it's a pandemic of anxiety. Or here's another way to, to kind of get you in the, the, the knowledge of anxiety. There's lots of different personality tests out there. You've taken many of them. The, the newer ones, they kind of tend to show you your, your strengths and your weaknesses. Like maybe you've taken the Enneagram at some level. If you're an Enneagram number six, you know who you are. You're the loyalist. You're also the highest strung people on the planet. Uh, you, you think through this lens. You think through worst case scenarios. Not that you're a negative person, but you just want to be prepared. So you are always asking the question, what if? What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? What if the worst case scenario happens and you're always planning ahead? And what do you do with all this anxiety? Everybody's got it. Whether it plagues you or it's just occasional, everybody's got it. 
Is it just the new norm for you? What do you do with it? When I was in fourth grade, uh, I wasn't having anxiety. I just stumbled across this Bible verse as a fourth grader, and it was so powerful to me that I printed it out on paper and I taped it to my desk. We weren't allowed to tape things on our desks, but my teacher saw this and she allowed it. It's a verse from 1 Peter 5, 7. Here it is on the screen for you. It says this. It says, cast all your cares. Some, some translations say anxiety. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Man, when I think of that, it's just a promise that there's a God in heaven that cares about you enough to care about your anxiety too. And this morning, we're going to the Bible to find the cure for anxiety. If you've got your Bible with you, I encourage you to open it to Philippians chapter 4. It's in the New Testament, deep into the New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. If you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay. There's a blue one in front of you, and you can follow along on page 832. You'll read the same words I'm reading. And I love the book of Philippians. Paul just gives this really concise uh, little picture of encouragement to disciples everywhere as he comes alongside disciples and gives them encouragement. And in Philippians chapter 4, it's probably the most underlined uh, chapter in my Bible, a uh, little stuff written in the columns. It is a busy chapter full of just biblical goodness. And we read there in Philippians chapter 4 what I believe is the cure for anxiety. If you found Philippians 4, say amen. Oh, you're ready. Okay, good. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4, here's what my Bible says. Very familiar words. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. You know this. It's a song. Rejoice in the Lord always. You know that song. We learn it as kids. Paul says, rejoice in who God is. Do it again. Rejoice in who he is. His goodness, his mercy, his faithfulness, his justness. Rejoice in who he is. Verse 5, he goes on, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Paul says, you've experienced the goodness of God. Let it be a part of who you are. And let it flow out of you in everything that you do and everything that you say. Let everyone that experiences you experience the God that you know. Then Paul writes this simple sentence that I can't skip over. He simply says, the Lord is near. When I read that this last week, I thought, somebody needs to hear that. It's just a simple sentence. We could skip right over it. But Paul says, the Lord is near. I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, but somebody needs to hear it because you might feel like God is far away. And if you think he's far away, he's not. Because the Bible says that the Lord is near. When your stress level is high, the Lord is near. When your anxiety is through the roof, the Lord is near. When you feel incredibly lonely, the Lord is near. When you feel like you don't know what to do, the Bible says that the Lord is near. When you face temptation, the Lord is near. He's always near. That's what he does. He just comes close to us in, in the pit of despair and in the highest of highs. He's always there. He's always near. If you found Pastor Steve Sherman, he's our seniors and visitation pastor here at Forest Lake. If you went and found him today, I've seen him walking around, and you said, hey, Pastor Steve, 
What is the most important part of ministry? I know what he would tell you. He would say the most important part of ministry is the ministry of presence. See, our pastor Steve is a fantastic dude, and he spends his days going to people's homes and going to the hospital and going to nursing homes and assisted living, and he travels all over this community to visit our church members. And I've, I've gone with him many times, and we'll go into homes, and we'll sit down, and we'll, we'll do a lot of listening. We'll hear stories. We'll hear history. Sometimes we'll hear the same story two or three times, but that's okay. And we listen because our goal is to be the ministry of presence and be near people to listen and care for them. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten the phone call from different church members that have said, hey, pastor, can you come to the hospital? And I'll go to the hospital, I'll go into a room, and we're all waiting for a loved one to die. It's, we all know what we're doing. You walk into the room, and everyone's kind of crying and solemn, and, and this is not the time to stand up and tell jokes. This is not the time to even bust out long Bible verses and, and have these long, eloquent speeches this is the time to just be near someone because the presence of mini uh, the ministry of presence is so powerful. And I wonder, I wonder what would happen to our stress levels and our anxiety levels if we realized how near God is to us. It's almost like his ministry of presence is there no matter what you're facing, no matter how big your challenge is, no matter how discouraged you are, no matter how stressed out you are, no matter how worried you are, God is near. Amen. That's what my Bible says. And because God is so near, this next verse makes so much more sense. Verse six, Paul says, because God is near, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I'm going to read it one more time. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I think we're onto something here. In fact, I think Paul, as he writes, he's giving us the cure. It's the cure for anxiety. He gives us instructions, and I would say it's more than just instructions. It's a command to not be anxious but if you are, then to take it to the Lord in prayer. And I wonder, why is it so hard for us to do just that? When anxiety hits the roof, why is it that the last time we do is, the last thing we do is have our knees hit the ground? Are you stressed? Are you worried? Paul says, take it to the Lord in prayer. I like how Eugene Peterson, he paraphrases the whole Bible and he, he paraphrases this section. Here it is on the screen. Here's what he says. He says, for it's like church family. He says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, just pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. He goes on, he says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. This last line is the best one. He says, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Isn't that beautiful? Yet it's still a challenge to just pray when your anxiety is through the roof. See, I believe that the, the cure for anxiety, it's not just prayer, but it, it focuses around one word in verse 6. Uh, let's read it again. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, and my Bible says with, what was it, with? With thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. See, I don't think Paul is, is just saying, just pray. 
I think he is saying pray, but he's saying pray with thanksgiving. That's important in there. He uses this Greek word, eucharisto. We do this all the time, but we don't know about it. Eucharisto, we get our word eucharist from, which uh, every time we have communion, we have the Eucharist, that's the bread and the grape juice. And every time we have the bread and the grape juice, we are thanking God for his gift to us through Jesus. It's, it's us giving thanks. Uh, this is active gratitude. It's, it's, not, it's not passive gratitude. Passive gratitude is like um, writing a thank you note after Christmas happens, and you say, thanks, Grandma, for the socks. It's just what I always wanted. That's passive. That's the old stuff. That's what happened. Paul's saying, Eucharisto now, uh, active gratitude. Uh, it's, 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 it's thanking God right now for what he's doing. And what happens is it changes our human physical bodies. Active gratitude, it does this attitude-changing, physiological, chemical brain rewiring when we give gratitude. It's true. It's gratitude that doesn't just change your attitude, but it changes your body. In fact, scientists, they can't stop studying what happens when we have Eucharisto, this active gratitude. Over and over, they do studies. And what they have found is, is that the same part of your brain where anxiety lives, gratitude happens there too. And our brains, while they are so incredible and they can do so much, there's one thing your brain can't do and it can't multitask with anxiety and gratitude. You can't have them both in the same place. And when you have anxiety and gratitude comes along, anxiety has to leave. It's the most amazing thing. In fact, scientists have found that um, when we have gratitude, when we give gratitude, our bodies, our brains release serotonin and dopamine. It's the feel-good drugs of our body. And they have this natural effect of blocking anxiety. Uh, recently, a study from UC Davis, they brought participants in, and part of the, part of the participants, they uh, gave gratitude the whole time, and they found that those that gave gratitude had 23% lower levels of cortisol, the hormone that creates stress in the body, just because they gave gratitude. Paul says, pray with gratitude. You got anxiety? Pray with gratitude, and watch what happens. Paul's no dummy. He knows what's up. He says, pray, but give thanks. And then he says, and watch what happens. Verse 7 says this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Paul says, don't be anxious. But if you do have anxiety, pray with thanksgiving and your anxiety will be gone. Also, you get the peace that passes all understanding. Also, it will guard your hearts. Guard your hearts against what? I think it's anxiety. I think it's this miracle plan. This peace that passes all understanding guards your hearts. It's the cure for anxiety, gratitude. When we're filled with gratitude, there is no space for anxiety. When I was at seminary many years ago, don't need to go back, I'll tell you that. When we were there, I signed up for my first half Ironman, and, and part of the training was to do some smaller triathlons. And so Jen and I both signed up for the uh, Bear Lake Triathlon up in Grand Haven. It's on the coast of Lake Michigan there. And uh, we, you know, just no kids, just the two of us, kind of living the life, 
on $1,200 a month. It was amazing. Dream life. And we, uh, we said, okay, let's go up to this triathlon. Uh, it's about an hour and a half away, um, but let's, let's take our little camper up there and we'll stay at a KOA campground. And so we did. We packed up our camper. Here's a picture of us. There we are. There's Jen. Isn't that a cool camper? We, we built that right before we went to, to seminary, and we took it all across America to a bunch of different national parks. Uh, it was awesome. It had air conditioning. Uh, here's the inside. Here's a picture of it. Yeah. Jen looks exactly the same, doesn't she? It's amazing. Man, I knew what I was doing. So we, we spend the night. We wake up early. We go to the triathlon uh, area, and we're unloading everything. We take our bikes. We rack our bikes. And then there's a lot of stuff you have to take with you when you do a triathlon. It's three sports in one time period. So you got to take everything. There's lots of things you got to take. It's easy to forget them. So I took all our stuff, and uh, we got our bikes racked, and we started placing the stuff underneath it. Towel. Check. Bike shoes. Check. Bike helmet. Check. Race number, check. Running shoes, check. Sunglasses, check. Laid it all out there. We're ready. Everybody's a little bit nervous. It's still dark. You can hear the music thumping in the background. Uh, we make our way down toward the beach, and we're getting ready. Some people have wetsuits. Some people don't. And as we're standing there listening to the national anthem, I realize that I have forgotten one thing. My swimming goggles. Now, this is a problem. Um, if you're a swimmer, maybe it's not, but I'm not that great of a swimmer. This is an open water swim. Um, I don't even know how long. You're swimming about a mile. And, and, and I'm not doing it without my goggles. And my anxiety is through the roof at this point. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Do I get in the car and drive home an hour and a half? I don't have time for that. Can I go to Walmart? I don't have time for that. And so I paused and I prayed. And I remember the prayer vaguely, parts of it. My prayer basically was, God, I'm in a bad situation, but I thank you, God, that there are hundreds of triathletes around me. Help me to find some goggles. Now, there was two triathlons that were happening that was happening that day. One was the Olympic that Jen and I were doing, and the other was a sprint triathlon, about half the distance. And the sprint triathlon went off first. And so I opened my eyes from this prayer, and I think, man, I, I got to find somebody. My anxiety level is, is low for some reason, probably because I prayed. There I am, and I say, all I gotta do is find somebody that has the same goggles that I have, and then I'm good to go. And so I start looking around. It's funny, some people have them around their wrists, some people hold them in their hands, some people have them in their heads. Here I am just kind of checking people out, looking for their goggles. Finally, I find this big dude, huge muscles, but he's got the goggles that I've always used, always trained with. They're speedo, they're black, they're tinted, they're the exact same ones. So I said, hey, buddy, uh, what race are you racing? And he said, I'm racing the sprint. And I said, of course you are. I prayed about this. <laughs> I said, can I use your goggles for my race after yours? And he said, sure. Just meet me as I come out of the water. Give me a, a few 10, 10 paces, and then you can have them. And sure enough, he came out of the water, gave me the goggles. I, I wore them and had a good race. We ended up, uh, here's the next picture. We ended up both placing in our age groups, and it was an awesome day. But the moral of the story is not about the race. It's about that prayer with gratitude, uh, the peace that came over me, that as you give it to God and you say, God, I'm praising you for what you're going to do, for what you are doing, what you have done, and the peace that comes with that. This morning, I want to close by uh, eliminating any space in this room for anxiety. And I think we can do it together. 
In fact, we're going to do it digitally. So if you, if you uh, don't have your phone out already because you're on Instagram, you can get it out now. And we're going to do this together. You can put the next slide on the screen. I want to hear what you're thankful for this morning. Uh, some of you kids, maybe you want to use your parents' phone. So it, it's all, this is all you have to do. Text 37607, and you type the word cure in there and send that. You'll get a message response that'll, that'll say you're entered in this, and then you send uh, the, the, mess, the next message of what you're thankful for, and they should pop up here. We struggled in first service, but I think it's going to work today. So send a message to 37607 with the word cure, and then respond with what you're thankful for. Let's see if we get any in here. Mm. Raise your hand if you've sent one in already. Okay. All right, here's a few coming in here. Here's one. This person says they're thankful in our faith in Jesus and his coming. Love it. Oh, this is a, a simple one. I'm thankful for our schools, for sure. Here's one. I'm thankful for our jobs to provide for our family. Uh, here's one, my family. Here's one, uh, I know this person. This is his wife, Jill. Um, oh, this is a good one. I'm thankful that God is carrying me through my darkest trials. It's good. Here's one, I'm thankful for family. Another one says, I'm thankful for how God has led my family. Uh, that's good. Love them. I'm sure there's more coming in. If you haven't given active gratitude lately, it's time to do it now. And I believe as Paul writes these words, it's also the cure for eliminating your anxiety as well. I know you're sending them in. I'm going to pray for you now as we close. Heavenly Father, this morning, uh, this room is filled with active gratitude. It's Eucharisto. It's, uh, it's our way of thanking you for who you are. And so, God, I ask that you will continue to bless each family here, each marriage, uh, the children, grandparents, the whole family unit. May you bless this church in a powerful way so that we continue to praise you for what you are doing right now. God, we love you, and we can't wait to see you. In Jesus' name, amen.